Hello! Did that? Did I start too early? Maybe. Let's start again. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex and I am less tired than Bernie. Yes, I am the most tired person in the world. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not moving house, so uh, fair enough. Yes, exactly. It moving is the worst. House. It's it's probably bad for. I mean, you know what? If I was a football manager right now, like a Jose Mourinho, it's probably not that hard. Probably have a system, you know, of of, of moving after yeah. you get back from a place, which is frequently in his uh, <laughs> particular uh, <laughs> realm. <laughs> well, he also often just moves from hotels to other hotels, which is easier, I would assume. Yes, yes, and keeps his home in in London town. Exactly. Uh, that said, last time we spoke to people was two weeks ago, uh, and you hadn't found a, a place. So this is this is a dramatic development for the Koshcast listeners. Yes, uh, just when you think the window is lost, the window <laughs> manages to you know spring up a miracle, and uh, you you can get going. Um, but then you always obviously have to move deadwood. Um, so we'll see how that goes before the end of the window. Excellent. Good luck director um (laughs) (laughs) speaking of moving things around it's it's just a manager merry-go-round the last two weeks have just been this guy's sacked this guy's nearly sacked this guy's replaced him it's all over the shop and you and i specifically enjoy it very much i i do enjoy it because uh, daniel farka was one of them uh and i'm so (laughs) So happy he got sacked, only because it proves that I was correct once again uh, in in my uh, distaste, uh, rightful distaste for certain managers. Um, someone else got sacked. Dean Smith, on the other hand, I'm yep. not happy about that. But it is what it is, but I don't think that was fair. Okay, uh, why? I mean, I Villa, think, Villa have been trash this season. Yes, but I, I think... When you consider where they were before he came in, like it's not like Daniel Farker, who like literally they came up, went down, up again, and they're probably going down again. Like they're useless. Aston Villa can probably scrape it this season and survive, whereas they were nothing when when he came in. So I I just I just think if anyone deserved more time, I think he was one of the people who deserved more time. I think I think that's fair, and I was playing devil's advocate. I I feel like there's a there's a touch of the Pochettino's with Dean Smith. Is like he does like three or four years of stellar work, and then it goes badly for a few months, and they're like, nope, you don't get you don't get to do that, Dean. <laughs> it's and, like uh, they spent all the Grealish money and thought that they were going to do great, but it still takes time for a team that was focused on one person to integrate people and then get out of being focused on one person just because you bought good people. Like, it takes time. Absolutely. And not only that, but like uh, Bailey got injured very early. He's barely been able to play. Um, Ings has been in and out. Buendia in and out. Like, I don't think they've actually managed to play the guys that they signed plus Watkins more than like maybe once. That's a fair point. That's a um, fair point. And if he can't play the guys that he signed anyway, like how? Are you, what are you judging him on? Yeah, right? th- then you're just Villa without Grealish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, which is which wasn't is rubbish. That good to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> um, although, although I, I will say, like last season they were defensively brilliant. 
like Mings was excellent, Concer was excellent, and this season that seems to have completely gone to pot. And I'm not like the attacking side. I I kind of get right. You're replacing your chief attacking threat. The new guys haven't been there, haven't been healthy. The defense I'm, I'm baffled about, but overall, I agree. More time would have been entirely reasonable. That said, have you seen who they're linked with? Aston Villa? No, I've not seen who they're linked with. Steve Gerrard, Gerrard. Oh he flipped God. on his fork and asked. Oh, my God. I, I I really want people to understand that, yes, he did. A, like, I actually admire the job he did at Rangers beating Celtic. You know, that's a once-in-a-while thing. But, like, does that... Like, I wonder if these people look and go, does this translate to Aston Villa, who are scraping it in the Premier League right now? It, there's no indication that he's the right guy for this job for me. There's just none. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get I it. Mean, so, what, what you've done there... Um, and I understand, but what you've done there is is just write off the Scottish League as entirely useless. Well, uh, I mean, people wrote off Mulder, so like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just applying the same logic. <laughs> and, and I think that it's been proven that they were right to do so. But, <laughs> but, no, I mean, look. Brendan Rodgers went went to Celtic, smashed it for a few years, like won lit- almost literally every game, won every cup going. Mm-hmm. And you know, people said, and, and we had his Liverpool uh, um, and Swansea stuff to go on as well, so it was less of a gamble. But people did say it's Celtic. You don't know if he's going to be any good. He's been great for Leicester this season. Is a little bit wobbly, but you know, overall, fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Gerard is a gamble for anyone, but I think the job that he's done at Rangers shouldn't be underestimated. Like they were miles off Celtic, miles off. And he's turned it around very quickly. They won it last season. They're top again this season. I know that's been helped by Celtic being a bit of a shambles. But I think he's done really well. And I think from Gerard's point of view, if we can take take his his kind of put ourselves in his shoes for a second, this is a perfect job. It's not a shit job. It's a good team. It's a good club with money. And it's not a club that's going to stop him going to Liverpool in, in a couple of years when Klopp decides to move on or retire. My question is, is John Terry still there? No. Do they sack him too? So you're going to no, have a... He, he left on his own accord previously. Oh, okay. Ah, oh, okay. I feel a little bit on better. his managerial career. Right, John. Like, I feel a little <laughs> bit better about this now because I was like, a double act of John Terry and Steven Gerrard, no. <laughs> just no. I don't want anything to do with it at all. I mean, I think it could work. It's just, I actually think that Gerard, and it's not like slandering his job at Rangers necessarily. I think there are certain people who require certain conditions. And I think Aston Villa are not the, the right fit for Steven Gerrard. I don't think he's the right fit for them. I don't think the conditions are going to be there to build. Because Rangers, they were nothing. So he was able to build it up. These Aston Villa, for weirdly, have expectations of something. Sorry, <laughs> like, Villa are too good, so, so Gerard's not going to be able to manage it. No, no, not that they're too good. I think they think they're <laughs> too good. I think I think he'd he'd do a better job if he just walked into Liverpool than than walking into Villa, for example. I think there's credit in the bank. It's all this type of stuff, but Villa, I don't know, man. Like saving a ship is one thing, like than building a project. I I, I don't I don't know. It's, it's okay. scary to I me. I mean, look, none of us can know 
it it will be a gamble if they do it. What is absolutely certain is that we will it will be a lot of fun and we will enjoy watching it. Yeah. And if he does badly, Liverpool will have to really think about who their next manager is. And if he does really well, it will inevitably be him. This is true, I guess. This is sad, but I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on from uh, Norwich, uh, Duncan Butcher at Juicy Sushi on Twitter says, so if Norwich are, about, are serious about not yo-yoing this time, who should be the new, ma- who should be the new manager? Aladici to the rescue? Um, before I let you answer that, I do want to point out that I'm not sure we can say Norwich are serious about not yo-yoing. Like, I, I feel like as a club, they seem very much fine with it. Yeah, I I don't, I mean, if they were fine, they would have sacked, you know, the horrible manager that they had. Um, but all, all that, all that being said, um, <laughs> Samuel Allardici, no, um, I'd rather they go for, um, Paulo Fonseca or something like, <laughs> like let's let's get interesting. Let's Maybe. get a big name and be interesting. You know, <laughs> Fonseca is so down bad that he will take anything at this point. That guy got murked by Spurs, got murked by Newcastle. Mm-hmm. He's just getting rinsed left, right, and center. Atlanta United didn't take him. Like it's it's bad, and he's decent and very suave. I don't know if he's decent. I I just think he picked decent jobs that allowed him not to fail too badly. But like, you know, eighth or whatever it was at Roma or sixth, I don't know, whatever it was at Roma is like bad, but not horrible. So you can sustain some type of career that's not Marco Silva-esque, I guess. But Mate, Marco <laughs> it's, Silva's it's not, about it's to not get promoted, great. so. Which, which infuriates the hell out of me. Obviously. Um, where's, where's Scott Parker again? Bournemouth. So he's, I think, top of the championship and Marco Silva at Fulham, I think, is second. And I, I was actually thinking about um, Duncan's question and I actually think Scott Parker would be a very, very good <coughs> Norwich manager. Because here's the thing with Norwich. You can't just pick anyone. So, like, to the Allardyce point, might he be able to keep Norwich up? Yeah, if they're willing to abandon all of their principles. And they're not. Like, we know that. Like, they want to play football. And I think Scott Parker, at least what we saw... I don't watch the championship week on, week out. Bournemouth are clearly doing very well. But what we saw from his Fulham team in the Premier League was, like, they played good football, but they were also pretty tough. Like, they pressed, they were defensively pretty solid. They just couldn't pull enough points out of the bag, you know, towards the end. But I think he would be a good combination of the passing football that Norwich as a club seem to need and a little more steel. Norwich should just hire John Terry. No. If we're going to have fun, let's have fun all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. The, the the area of uh, of Norfolk is known for certain indecent acts. John Terry is also known for certain indecent acts. They're not the same indecent acts, but you know there there is some there's some kind of crossover there. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Anyway, um, so Parker's gone. Um, Dean Smith has gone. Gerard maybe in Aston Villa. Talk to me about uh, Eddie Howe at Newcastle. Rubbish absolutely rubbish idea i can't believe it i mean i can believe it because look there's no world in which how is better than fonseca there's none um i i have a feeling fonseca is like really thinks he's better than he is and i think he's the reason that didn't happen or there is some fraudulence in his life that keeps coming up when we do a background check or something i don't know um but look anyhow 
I think he's a project manager as well. I think some managers are just, you know, maybe maybe one day if we ever write an article again or write an article about what a project <laughs> manager really is. And I think he is a project manager, which means you have everything around you, right, that works for you because you effectively built it. But it literally project managers can only work for so long anyway. Well, Yes, although I I forget which podcast because they don't they don't work in football anymore, right? Like it just doesn't work. Well, it depends on the club and like what what they need. But again, I forget where I heard this, but someone said the other day like a project manager is just someone who like takes a while to to do what they're trying to do, whereas there are some managers who are able to do it far more quickly. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think, but also I think the problem is project managers are what managers used to be. So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, you build the academy, you do this, you do this, you do this. Some guys are like, listen, man, I don't give a shit. I just want to coach. <laughs> yeah. And if you're at Newcastle, where Manalo's around now and Newcastle are Saudi rich, a, a project manager is never going to see their club like that. Because once you start asking too many questions and poking around, it's a bit of a problem. Just go in there and coach. And I'm not convinced that if it's not Eddie Howe's guys and all that stuff, that it's going to work um, seriously. And again, I think we talked about this on Twitter. Whenever you're the first person in, yeah. whenever there's significant change and you're the first person, it's never like, no, Ranieri suffered this. <laughs> like all the Man United managers suffering this. Uh, Emery suffered this. Everyone, yeah. everyone, like they, they end up suffering and it's just by, by the laws of, of nature. <laughs> he's gonna fail so i'm sorry i'm sorry for him no i i think that's probably true like even if he does objectively okay for a couple of years and finishes like 14th and 12th and exactly where newcastle managers have been finishing for the last few years that's not going to be enough anymore right because newcastle actually have some ambition now but actually we got we've got a couple of questions on this so um david at i did the iggy on twitter says is eddie howe really the guy or is he just the guy at newcastle to keep them up slash win promotion if needed and then get kicked to the curb once they actually start to make transfers and and um tom Rowell added another question will be how much influence he has to build a squad all newcastle's owners spend mega bucks on name players like aaron ramsey alex oxley chamberlain etc and to those questions i would say I mean, we covered whether he's the guy, and I think he's he's a guy. <laughs> he's a guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the guy. Um, although the point about having someone who could take them in the championship, if required, is a reasonable one. Like that, that's a very reasonable, very real possibility. And so, if you appoint Unai Emery and then he gets relegated, like he's out of there. He's got no idea what what, <laughs> what the championship exactly. is about. Exactly. Um, in terms of will Eddie Howe have any say over transfers, they'll have to give him some. But, like, Do I don't know. think that he'll have much. And they they seem to be appointing Emanalo. So you'd think someone as smart as Emanalo would avoid the, like, Aaron Ramsey, uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Ross Barkley sort of signings. But it is still Newcastle. They're bound I, to do one or two. I'm, I'm also not convinced that Newcastle are in a position to not go for an Aaron Ramsey and those types of guys. Because I think... Just because I think like a lot of people are like, well, they're gonna spend so much money. It's like, well, you're gonna get a bunch of loans at first, mm. you know, like a Donny van de Beek, like, <laughs> you know, guys like that who are desperate to play football anywhere right now. And sure, but then you have to pop yourself up to a position where you can do this. Because I mean, look at Everton. Mashiri came in and dumped a lot of money and bought Rashardson for fifty million. 
and it will mm-hmm. be for forty million. And I can't even remember who else. Like you can throw money around, but there's a certain caliber of player that just will not show up. This is, this is my favorite subject, so I, I will add to that list. Uh, Gilfy Sigurdsson, or mm. Guilty Sigurdsson, as he's mm. now uh, mm. has to be referred to as. Um, Fabian Delft. Um, How much did he spend on Yerry Mina? Why do I feel like it was a lot of 20, money? Yeah, it was a lot. 20 to 30. Sidibe. Uh, oh. Walcott. Chenktosin. I, mean, I, just, I just love this. I, I absolutely love this period in Everton's history. But... Um, if you'll indulge me, I did put together a list of premiership players that Newcastle might go for, or could go for. You're muted, I think. Can't Sorry about that. Yeah, Sorry he's about back. that. Um, anyway, uh, do you want to hear the list? Yes, please. Right, Burnt Leno. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, Dubrovka's fine, but Leno is available. Uh, Callum Chambers, Cedric Suarez, um, this is obviously in alphabetical order, club by club. Um, Kolasinac, obviously. Elneny and Nketiah. So Why are you like getting eight. rid of all your dead <laughs> Let Leave me be. Um, <laughs> I thought from Burnley, they might be able to actually get Dwight McNeil, who someone like Burnley would actually want to keep, but Newcastle could just throw some money at Dwight McNeil. Okay. Uh, Ross Barkley, obviously. Iwobi, Delph, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Lingard, and Donny. Yes. Um, Max Ahrens as like a, a proper ambitious signing. Sure. Uh, if they don't get Max Ahrens, Matt Doherty <laughs> as a very unambitious signing. Uh, and then uh, Winks and Adama Traore, I can absolutely see being one of their first signings. 60 he's million? Just like, he's just like, you know, he's a sexy signing. He's shit, but it's exciting. And Newcastle fans will love him. Also him and Alan Maximan, come on. <laughs> I can see them signing not in January when the summer Dean Henderson is our goalkeeper. That would be a very very good move. I, Eddie Howe, you know he's been in the championship. Eh, English, English guy. Eh, <laughs> I, I, I I can see this. I can see this actually. I can't see Donny, but I can see Dean Henderson, and I think Lingard might think he can go to AC Milan or something. <laughs> so <laughs> Dean Henderson for sure. I can see that. If Lampard, uh, if we forgot to mention that Lampard got linked to the Norwich job. If if he gets if he gets the Norwich job, like you know, Lingard could go there. He'll bring in it'll, a load of English. Players. It'll be like Lingard, Ross Barkley. Yep. Uh, Chelsea youth will be like pillaged, obviously. <laughs> like Gallagher's gonna leave Palace up from his loan and come over there. Like, yeah, it's gonna be a mess. Yep, it really will. Um, so we we weren't here last week. Um, for scheduling reasons, uh, our apologies. But uh, we we sort of missed the Conte appointment. Um, that's a bit like it's a big appointment. I know Spurs have been a banter club for the last <coughs> you know few years, and this does it is a like let's hope this one guy can fix everything appointment. Mm-hmm. But he's one of the guys that can. I'm not convinced. And it's not about Conte. The man's a winner, you know. I, I think, in my opinion, he started the sexy football in Italy. Actually, played. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Like, was it one of the Euros that we were like, ooh? And then they went out in like the quarters, and it's like, okay, fine. But was like, twenty sixteen. I no, think it. No, I think it, it was because it was post Chelsea, right? Yeah, that was twenty. I think it was the one that like England were really trash in 
like and they lost to Iceland, I think. Yeah. Or was it? Or was it a World Cup? I don't know. It was one of those two things. Either way, and, like, Italy had a shit squad, and he made them really good. They were very exciting. Very exciting. So, I think, and I guess Inter weren't really anything until he showed up. Whatever. But I think Spurs are a different entity because I I don't see the transformation that they're going to do. Like, for example, Man had to bring in Lukaku. Mm-hmm. He brought Sensi. Uh, Ericsson, we can say what happened there, whatever. Alexis, again, I'm not buying it, but whatever. He brought in a lot of people to yep. do the job. And then if you talk about Bastoni coming in, um, a bunch of different guys came in and he brought in what he actually young. Hakimi. Uh, exactly, Hakimi. Damian. <laughs> but he, he came and he said, I don't want any of this. Change it. Like Lotaro, I'm going to make him you know, what he is, whatever. I just don't think that that flexibility is there at Spurs and not because I think Spurs are broke, which they actually are, but we all know money can be made up um, mm-hmm. if you want. But I, there's a lot there that I just don't think will work for him. I think Ndombele is not his style of player. I, I just don't see it. You tried I think, to sign him for Inter. Yeah, and I think that would have been a mistake because everyone tried to sign him. Juventus tried to sign him. <laughs> like Inter tried to sign him. United tried to sign him. Everyone tried to sign Ndombele. And Ndombele's problem is independent of managers. It's the fact that he's just not that into football, it seems. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I don't see that working. I don't see any of these defenders working because they're all shit to me. Like, Dyer is garbage. I don't see how you fix that. Like, if he fixes that defense, he's the greatest manager ever off the earth, in my opinion. I, I think that's fair, especially given the first two games included Ben Davis, literally because he's got a left foot. Like that's that's the only reason he's there. Um, the the man is a is a footballing cockroach, just like survives manager after manager by not being a dick or something. I don't know. It's strange. Um, I take your point. I think here's my problem though with, with <coughs> judging too much of the Spurs squad. There there are a few players. I will say like Doherty. Uh, I mean, I've always hated Lucas Moura because I think he's a moth in a lampshade. But there are some players you can look at and you can be like, these guys are not good enough. There are a lot of players, though, in that squad who are somewhere in between where you're like, if you get a proper manager and some tactics, you could be useful. Like Lo Celso, like Ndombele, like uh, Bergvine, who's just been like suffering massive you know, confidence dip for the last couple of years. Mourinho ruined Deli Ali. Mourinho ruined a lot of things. And they haven't had a good manager for a few years at this point. And yeah. when you look at what Pochettino did, like when he took over that squad, it was pretty useless. He had people like Cabal and, you know, Kyle Walker. We used to joke about Kyle Walker because he would run the ball out of play like mm-hmm. twice a game. Pochettino came in, he turned him into the best right back in the league, arguably. Right, went to City has become a, a league winner. Danny Rose was absolutely useless before Pochettino. My point being that there are a lot of those guys who, before the manager, you would have looked at and said these these people are just not good enough, right? And then the right manager comes in and you see massive improvement. We've seen that from Conte at previous clubs. With Victor Moses is like the example that everyone bans about. It's true. Marcus Alonso turned him into a like proper goal scoring wing back. He does improve players, even players who are rubbish. So I think if if anyone can do it, basically, there's a lot of people in this squad who like, this is the litmus test. If they're shit under Conte, they're shit. But he might might have a serious chance at improving it. I'm really curious to see what happens in the the summer more so than now. Mm. Um, Like, I think 
he thinks he can get them into the top four. Yeah. And it's early. It's rel- relatively so early days. If you actually look at the 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 gap between like I don't know fourth and tenth or whatever. Oh yeah, it, the table is it's, tight. It's, it's not as big as people assume it is. Mm-hmm. And um, so in that respect, yeah, I, I can I can see that potential. You go on a bit of a run, you're back in it, whatever. But if he doesn't, I hope. And and I can I rate him. I really hope that Spurs go okay. Let's build something that you want because you know that if he doesn't get what he wants, oh, he'll that man off. has no problem with walking out and be like, "You're gonna fuck off." Yep. Like, like he walked out on Inter, and I, mean, I know they gave him some money because you know you won this league, yada yada yada, whatever. But at the end of the day, the man can walk out of that job, and I don't think he would think too much about it. To be honest with you, no, um, I agree. I mean, I I think that's reflected in the eighteen month contract. Which we're seeing more and more, like Tuchel got the same at Chelsea. It's like, let's see this, the first nine nine to 12 months, how it goes, and then we'll all decide whether this is working for us. And I think that's the situation they're in. Yeah. I, but it's, if, if, and I think he has, he has to demand a proper either second striker or person to play with. Um, I know they want to do this Son thing, like with Harry Kane, but to a certain degree, I think you play a 3-4-1-2 and put Son in the one. And then have a, another striker. Also, because you still don't have a replacement for Harry Kane when that man gets injured, and Conte's like entire right now system when he's just not able to play football. Exactly, and Conte's whole system actually is dependent on at least one one functioning striker. Yeah, like in a in a in a three five something whatever it is you're playing, you need a striker. It's like it's not going to work otherwise. <laughs> it, it literally is a formation that falls apart if you don't have one. So. <laughs> I can tell you about that personally. <laughs> I, I hope that they figure something out in that in that respect for him. I, I feel like there's a lot of rumors around Vlaovic. There's rumors about Arsenal, rumors about Spurs. I feel like the Italian connection puts them in a reasonable position for that kind of thing, but we will see. Um, no more manager stuff, I don't think. I think that's all the, the influx managers. Um but we have to talk about Man United, we have to talk about Arsenal, we have to talk about West Ham and Liverpool. Where mm-hmm. do you want to start? We can start Man United, get out the way. Of course you will. Of course you will. Um, the three-five-two thing worked against Spurs because Spurs were awful. Mm-hmm. It very much did not work against City because they just like overloaded you wide and, and walked around you for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, it was... The proverbial men against boys. It was a it was a training session for, <laughs> for for Man City. And look, I think the three five two worked against Spurs for two reasons. One, Spurs are shit. But two, Cavani. I'll say it again. <laughs> like I was wrong about Cavani last year. I hold my my hands up and I say it because I see what that man actually contributes outside of goal scoring, which is half of the game. The minute I saw that Cavani was playing this game, I knew we were finished. Because, as I was saying just a minute ago, you cannot play a 3-5-2 without a proper striker. You just can't. For example, United had didn't, I don't think, had a touch in the city's box in the second half. And part of that is not being able to get the ball. But, if, as you'll see with Conte ball and anyone else playing 3-5-2, you crossed the goddamn ball. <laughs> but we got into positions to cross the ball, but never crossed it. Because there's no one in the box. Why? Because the only time that Cristiano Ronaldo gets into the box is when it's hero ball time. 
and decides now it's time to head the ball. It's like people are deceived by the fact that, yes, he has wonderful heading ability. But if you actually look at when the ball's to be crossed, he, he tries to come too deep and then he has to run in. It's not going to work. With a Cavani, you can do those things. Also, City's center backs were never occupied at all. Cavani occupies center backs. So if you want to get the ball back from a City, you actually have to press them pretty high and transition very quick. Solskjaer has done this for three out of the four, whatever, how many years he's been here. I was just going to say, them high his record against goal. City has been really good. It's the best in the league of any manager. He's done the best against Pep Guardiola of any manager. Playing a particular way of press you and transition very quickly. I don't think they got within miles of them. So when people tell me City played well, I said I said this. I don't think City or Liverpool in the 5-0 and 2-0 wins actually did anything particularly special. I think United were just horrendous and did not do the things that they had done that had scared these two teams in, in previous years. I think that's fair. I, I think I think City were very good. I mean, I think Liverpool were very good too. But but United were were bad. So it's it's tough to know where the line falls. Um, what what's going on with Luke Shaw and, and Wan Bissaka though? Because like they were both brilliant last season. They're very much not this season. I think, and this isn't my usual impassioned defense of Wan Bissaka. I think Wan Bissaka has been all right. I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with Wan Bissaka because. Sid, most goals, if you actually look at it, and someone did a heat map, are coming from the left side of the Maguire and Shaw. And there was a goal that came from the cross, the Bai on goal, but Wambasaka's not to blame for Bai being Bai. Like, that man has no body control. He just throws his body <laughs> around and has no control over his body. But in this game, specifically, again, with the 3-5-2, I was mad as hell because Bruno Fernandes was just not tracking back. And it was a two-on-one against Wamasaka all game of Cancelo and Foden. It's like, fam, like, he's not human, but God damn it. Like, Cancelo can cross and Foden is just Foden. Like, why mm-hmm. two-on-one? Like, someone help this man out and do your job. This, but Luke Shaw and Maguire are, like, the weak links right now. And it's it's so sad because they were really, really strong last year. For, for me, that that was criminal from Solskjaer. Um was the, just the abandoning of, of the fullbacks, of the wide spaces. When City are so good wide, when Cancelo has, what is it, like five assists in like two games or something ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. if you're setting up against City right now, you know that that's the threat you need to stop. Mm-hmm. And you just didn't. And I said this in our my United group chat, and I said, he's going to go 3-5-2, which I've asked him to do, mm-hmm. in actual fact. But... I said against City is the one time that I would actually say don't do a three five two because you need to give, like you said, Cancelo something to occupy himself, and that would be Rashford and Greenwood or Sancho, whichever combination you want to use to push them back. It's literally worked every single year. Why do you think it won't work now? I don't. <laughs> I just. I didn't understand it at all. And when I saw it was Rashford and Ronaldo, I was like, who are they crossing to? Like, <laughs> even if they did. I don't know. That's why I, I put a lot of emphasis. Same thing with the Spurs game on Spurs being shit. I put the emphasis on United being shit because, I mean, Lindelof almost had an own goal. Bailly had an own goal. Maguire and Shaw decided to just allow uh, Bernardo Silva to score. Maguire if you take, is an own goal right now. Right. And 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 on top of that, De Gea just kind of like padded the oh. ball into his own net. So like, again, City were great. But if I look at it, if you take those things I just mentioned out the equation... City 
didn't actually have a great chance. I know De Gea made a lot of saves, like uh, De Bruyne outside the box and stuff like that. But he made more saves against his own team than he did, like, from City. So on the basis of play, I'm like, you could have done something here if you just weren't idiots, which they wholeheartedly were, which is also the manager's fault at the same time. Yep. Uh, so two things in light of that. One, well, one is that, uh, as everyone should know at this point, I slag off Rodri uh, as often as possible. Um, Mohaned would would very much want me to say that he was excellent in this game and uh, allegedly has been for weeks, but I, I refuse to believe that. This um, is not the evidence that you want to use. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Well, being able to pass through McFred doesn't uh, make you a well-beater. Um, no, it's, it's really not it. <laughs> and the other thing is, like, I, I pretty much check in with you every week about this, but uh, I'll lay in. I'll lay out. I'll I think it all about. I think I'll say what I said to the guys when we met for sushi. I think that I am not Ole out, but I'm Ole, I understand Ole out because he did this to himself. Like, um, if you follow anyone on Twitter, Pauli Questel, he wrote this article where he said, Ole was a good manager and he gave everything of what he did. And he went, and he fucked everything up that he did. <laughs> because, like, literally, again, I said it. He had the best record against Pep, did all this, all this, all this. It's predicated on something. And then you consciously decide, I don't want to do those same things anymore. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, again, it goes back to Ronaldo for me. The defense yeah. is one thing. It is one thing. They're shitty at defending right now. I understand that. He can't defend that. Like, he's not a defender. I get that. But a lot of defending also comes from the front. It absolutely and, does these days. And you were actually good at defending from the front because, again, I'll give you an example. Not to harp on United, but we are. They got a lot of penalties, right? And I used to say a lot of reasons they got those penalties because, why? They oh, ran into God. your box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got the ball from you high up the pitch and got right at your box, causing chaos, and you had to foul them. Whether you agree with the calls or not, they were in those positions. They're not in those positions, right? They've had one penalty from a handball. I can't remember one time I saw one person run into the box. I don't remember it. I just don't. So, like, clearly the way they played has changed because Ronaldo's come in. Like, I don't see how that's controversial to some people. Well, just because some people will defend him regardless. Yeah. and But again, if you're the manager who decided that I wanted that shiny new toy and you threw away what you've been trying to build for the last three years, that's your fault. So at that point, you know, you got to go, in my opinion. Well, especially when, you know, big hitters like Lampard and Nuno and stuff are all available. So I'm, I, in my stick of my principles, are of the get Ralph Radnick in for interim and then figure it out in the summer. Isn't he racist, though? Is he? I didn't. Why? Why is Blanc and why are my guys Blanc and Ramy like <laughs> apparently racist? And I didn't know this. I don't I'm understand. Pretty, I can't exactly remember what he said, but like if you Google it, you'll find it. There's something. There is something. Oh, speaking of which, same with Xavi, who's taken over at Barcelona. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Uh, he'll fail, but it's all right. <laughs> Will he though? How can he possibly be worse? I'm not saying he's worse. I'm just saying he'll fail. In in time, he'll fail. And because they're, they're going to get like top four and then not yeah. be able to do anything else. And then because they won't take responsibility for their own failures that cause managers to fail, they'll sack them. And then bring in Thierry. Yeah. And get worse. Oh, oh wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. I just saw what Ranyak said. Oh, yeah. Well, remind me. Um, so 
he was manager when Cato was pushing for a Liverpool move. And he suggested that his oh, head had been yeah. turned by a whole village in Guinea, despite the fact that he has German agents. And then he tried to explain it, and he said, behind many players with an African background, and I met a lot of them, there is a clan, sure, and sometimes a whole village, okay, that lives from the help of one football player. And it's the case that there are people behind Naby that demand this transfer. <sighs> Here's the problem. Mm. Here's the problem. He's not totally wrong if you look at Adebayor's life. <laughs> Adebayor, Adebayor is what came to mind, yeah. And Adebayor will openly tell you this. Mm-hmm. But you have to know what you're saying and know whether it's a generalization yes. or whether you're speaking the truth. So I'm not willing to call him racist, but I also know that he's German and they don't really know things about diversity that well. So well, can I give him a pass? <laughs> well, that's a generalization too. I know, I know. But you know what I mean? I, I, I just... Is it racist? I it's, it's a... I don't like it. I don't, I'll no. say that I don't like it. And it's, I don't know whether that means it's racist or not. I don't like it. I think it's prejudiced. I don't know that it's racist. I, I think it's prejudiced. I think it, it, it's it's an assumption and a generalization. And it it, it demonstrates a, a lack of judgment. Um, but but yeah, also, it's just, it's it's just and generally denigrating to a group of people. Yes. So if you know that it is, why say that? Like, I think some people are like, well, if it's true... It might be true, but like, you know, there are certain things that you just should not say, and you should have but, a common yeah. sense no not to say. Exactly, which is my point about about good good judgment. Um, regardless, you know, it is football. Uh, the Saudis have taken over a Premier League football club. No one cares about this kind of stuff, and uh, he would do a better job than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Not saying it's right, I'm just saying you know, it is what it is. Not overall though. What do you mean? Well, like I said about project managers, Ole did a great job for two years and just should he won in his third. Eh, yeah, that's fine. I just mean he'd do better right now. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, oh, bro, I'd be better right now. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, at Real LFC fan says, what the fuck happened to Liverpool? Um, honestly, I think he just ran into uh, an immovable object that is West Ham right now. Who <laughs> are just sensational. Honestly, I am so impressed by West Ham. And I think we said this on a previous pod that Liverpool's defense is actually there to be taken. If you want it bad enough, you can go at them a little bit. And and I still think they're a little bit shakier than than people believed. Um, but credit to Moyes. Again, I don't think Moyes does anything in particularly tactically sensational. I think he's got these guys on message. And uh, momentum's a hell of a thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to harness that, that's half of the job being a manager. And I think he's not been able to do that in the previous roles he had since United, and he's able to do that now. If you keep that momentum going, you keep them on, like, on the same message, on an even keel, you, you can do a lot of stuff in this league. And I'm, I'm happy for the guy. I really am. I, yeah. I'm happy for him. It really is brilliant. I mean, obviously, Allison had a bit of an off day. Uh, there was a whole like athletic article about it, which I felt was a bit much like great player has bad games so so fucking what um but you know i i mean west ham set piece record is insane it's absolutely insane they they've scored like 22 set piece goals i think it was like 20 something anyway it just shows you like if you work on this stuff it can really it can really help you out especially if you're not a team that's like 
brilliant at scoring goals. You have one striker in Mikel Antonio who used to be a right back. Like, focus on something else that can get you goals. And they have. And Chelsea do the same thing. Like, they don't have... Lukaku's not scoring. Timo Werner can't shoot. So Tuchel's got their whole defense scoring goals. It's brilliant. But, you know, what West Ham are doing is, is sensational. And to Real FC's fans' point, rather... Um, I really wouldn't be worried. <laughs> like Liverpool have been sensational, and they had a bit of an off day, and I think that's okay. I I think I think I think Liverpool have been massively overperforming in some ways because again, if you look at the goals that they've been scoring, it's like, fam, you're scoring some worldies here, <laughs> like for the most part. And they got another one from Trent, uh, that free kick, I think it was right. That kid is um, so good. Like, yeah, but again, he can't defend, so he gets abused. It's you get what you get, right? And you have to pick your poison. And that's just you see the brilliance and you see the shittiness in the same game. That's it is what it is. But I I take I take the brilliance, I guess. With, with Listen, he's on. he's David Beckham playing right back. <laughs> like, David Beckham that's... would be a better right back than Trent Alexander Arnold. Mm. And and I'm and I'm only and I'm gonna die on that hill only because I feel like fighting with someone. And after they said that he was more talented than David Beckham, I'm not accepting anything about who, who about said that. Miguel Delaney, the cunt. Well, there are some people whose opinions we don't need to take seriously. <laughs> and Miguel Delaney might be one of them. Um, Arsenal, um, it was a 1-0 win against Watford, so I don't want to I don't want to like hype it up too much, but there was a lot there is there has been a lot to like recently about Arsenal. Arsenal have been in very good form. Arteta's finally settled on I'm going to say settled on a formation and a system except that he tends to like change it after a few games even if nothing's wrong think that might just be the kind of hyperactivity of the man but he's got the 4-4-1-1 with Lacazette as the 10 uh, Odegaard on the bench who he tends to bring on late to try and gain some control in the game and he's then, your Obi Mikel is that what it is? <laughs> a, a blonde waif like Obi Mikel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I mean the, the key thing is Saka and Smith Rowe right midfield left midfield and as an Arsenal fan, you know, what you have to do is compare everything back to the Invincibles, right? Because that's like the cultural reference point that actually right. matters. Right. And uh, there are some Lundberg and Perez vibes, man. They just are. Uh, wow, that's lofty praise. Um, mm-hmm. I think they have a higher ceiling than those two. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was lofty praise, but they've got a higher ceiling than, than Lundberg and Perez? Oh, was that loftier praise? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I mean, when you're doing it this, like when you're doing what you're doing at this age, like you know, you can only hope that like they're gonna go on to be real, real elite level ballers um, at another club. Like, <laughs> but you know, because you probably won't be able to keep them because you'll be shit for a while. But you know, who knows? Who Listen, knows? Man. Actually, awesome. Knows, actually? We're top four. Oh, I, yeah, I think you're fifth. Well, which is fine. Fifth, um, close enough. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, but you know, honestly, it's. I think someone was saying your run, like you, your run was Brentford, Chelsea, City. I can't remember what and what, but it was tough. It was. It was a bad a, run. Yeah. It was a tough way to open up the season. Um, got your bearings with the easier games, and and the good. It's actually a good thing, in my opinion. That's how you started it off because <clears throat> now you build up a bunch of form. And again, we say it's a momentum game. If you go into a big game now, a I know players are 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 not injured, but mm-hmm. if you go into it 
go into big games on the back of a good run of form against teams that you should beat, you're more likely to perform better. I just think that's how this game works. So I think this, I think the timing couldn't have been better in that sense. But also, yeah, Arteta's doing um, some of the right things, which last season just was not capable of doing at any point in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and and seems to have like turned something. There have been questions about like man management, um, specifically with with Ainsley Maitland Niles, um, who you know posted on Instagram in the summer that he wanted to leave, etc. But here he is coming in for Thomas Partey and like being very very good in central midfield. So he's kind of turning some of those those kind of fractious points around. Um, he found or the club found a, a stand-in for Tierney, like Nuno Tavares has been really good. There are just some, some answers coming up to a bunch of questions that people have had. Um, and we'll see if it lasts, but it's very, very encouraging right now. Just wait till Xhaka's back in the team and he goes back to Captain Xhaka and ruins everything. Oh, I would not God. put that past Arteta at all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past that would That literally would ruin everything. And, and that, that thank you for that segue because it allows me to end on, on something that I saw today, which was very funny. Um, which I sent to you, but uh, so James Horncastle wrote a piece about how everything's uh, kind of falling apart for Mourinho at Roma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and he said, like, this his Roma team is the most open team Jose Mourinho's ever had. And then there was a line about how things might have been different had he managed to sign Granite Xhaka, who could have screened the back four. <laughs> I was just like, you have not watched Granite Xhaka, apparently. There's, there's a time in every manager's life well sorry that's not where i was going with this this quote was used <laughs> for soul sharp i'm going to use it for james horncastle which is um what was it you live long enough to see yourself what's that dark knight quote say oh, it, Alex. Long enough to become the villain or something i don't know people used it about us and Wenger. Yeah. <laughs> oh they use it for him too Oh, yeah. uh, okay, hold on. I, I want to get it right because it's a great way to close the show, even though listeners were unprofessional and unprepared. Yes, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. James Horncastle, <laughs> who I used to respect. <laughs> there you also, go. journalism is very shitty these days, by the way. Like, it, it, someone wrote an article yeah, about David Moyes being like, this is the guy that United actually needs. Like, fam, like, you're taking the piss. Like, you're taking yeah. We've seen this already. We've seen. I I I absolutely agree, and I think it's sort of not journalists. I mean, some some journalists are good, some are bad. Whatever. That's the same in any profession. Um, on the whole, I feel like it's not really their fault because the amount of content that is being demanded is insane. It's just like articles and articles and articles every day, and podcasts five times. Like we do once a week, right? We have plenty to talk about. 45 minutes, an hour, whatever. It's good. We, could we do twice a week? Probably. But like all the podcasts that used to be once a week are now like three to five times a week. And I'm just like, there's just not that much to say. So there what is. you're saying is we need to come back and start writing articles again. That's all I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. More content. Push more content. Uh, anyway, uh, with that said, that's probably enough, isn't it? Yes, sir. All right. Talk to you again next week. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.